Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today we'll be looking in Acts chapter number 13, and this will be our second Bible study here in this 13th chapter. And I'm looking forward to getting into Paul's missionary journey, and we'll see what happens when they come through the Isle of Paphos. And there's going to be some interesting things that begin to take place, and it's funny, when God begins to work, the devil tries to hinder it every single time. B.R. Lakin used to say, if you want everyone to like you, be just as sorry as they are. Don't have nothing, don't know nothing, don't do nothing. But he said, if the devil's kicking you in the rear, at least you know you got the lead. And you and I who try to serve God, you better believe it. You're going to have a bullseye placed on you. And when God begins to bless, the devil doesn't like that. And we're going to see that even today. Now, if you've missed any of our previous Bible studies, those are available on our podcast. Our podcast is found on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Just type us in, Striving for Revival. Hit subscribe. It's all for free. You'll have access to countless Um, really hours of Bible study content as we've gone verse by verse through many books here in the Scripture, and all of that is there for you as a tool. It's not for sale. It's a tool to be used so that you and I both can grow uh, in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to grow. I want to get to know my Bible better. Here's one thing. Even this week, as I've prepared a message to preach to our church on Wednesday, I I learned something. It's amazing. Uh, Something, uh, I guess I'd read it, maybe hadn't. I don't know. i I just never seen it. It's not all that deep or anything. But the application I can make from it, I can use it in the message I'll preach. And man, it helped me. It just did. It helped me understand some things a little bit better, gave me some clarity and some insight into the Scripture. And you never, you never get to the place where you say, well, I've reached the pinnacle. I can I can park it, stop, don't need to learn anymore about God. No, you'll never master your Bible. I promise you that. It's deep, it's wide, it's inexhaustible, and it's a fathomless well of, of, of just spiritual help. We need to know our book. All right, Acts chapter 13. Paul and Barnabas have been separated out of the church that is in Antioch. The Holy Spirit spoke, the Holy Spirit separated them out, and then the Holy Spirit sent them forth. Paul and Barnabas travel, and they stop in Cyprus. Cyprus, of course, is the homeland of Barnabas, familiar territory. It makes a lot of sense that they'd stop there. He's comfortable there. The Bible says that they travel and they preach in the synagogue of the Jews. John is also there with them. Now, in verse number 6 of Acts chapter 13, we see where Satan rises up. Now, if you know anything about a snake, a snake will lay still in the grass But every once in a while, he'll lift up his head. Well, Satan, no doubt, has been checking in on this man named Saul. He's got to be on his radar. Paul, I know, he says later in the Scripture. But now he rises up. He begins to try and thwart what God is wanting to accomplish through his preachers. There's a desire to hear the gospel. (coughs) Excuse me. There's a desire to preach the gospel. 
and we'll find out that Satan doesn't like that at all. So now, they're on this island. What happened uh, on this island? Well, let's look at it, and uh, what happens here is going to make news other places. So ships back then would sail to many ports, and sailors, of course, would carry the news with them from place to place. If there was a magician or a sorcerer, uh, or anything like that, they would hear this news. Uh, and no doubt that's one reason why this individual, this sorcerer, is going to come on the scene. Maybe he's heard about this and being used of Satan as he was, he's going to try to uh, manipulate and stop what's going on. Verse 6, And when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, and watch what it says, a false prophet. So now we know he's labeled. What team's he on? He's not on the right team. He's a false prophet. He's a Jew, and his name was Bar-Jesus. What that means is son of Jesus. So he's going around saying, well, I'm a son, a follower of the Lord. You could even say, Bar-Jesus is my name, but he's a false prophet. Let me stop there and say, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is a Christian. Not everyone who says they're a preacher is a Christian. Not every Christian entity, quote-unquote, is really Christian. There are many deceivers, many false prophets, many seducing spirits, many ravenous wolves already that have entered into the things of God. We have got to have our radar up. We've got to have spiritual discernment, spirit-led. We've got to understand who is true blue and who is a wolf parading around in sheepskin, and that's what this man was. He's following them around. Now, verse 7, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. So this false prophet is yoked up with the political leader. Often that goes hand in hand, false religion and government. Government loves false religion. False religion is ready to bow to the whim of government. Always they work hand in glove. You'll find that throughout human history. So they want to hear what Barnabas and Saul has to say. But Elimaeus the sorcerer, for so is his name interpretation, Elimaeus the sorcerer is the same one named Bar-Jesus. Elimaeus withstood them. So he's withstanding. He's actually working against Paul and Barnabas. Withstood them, the Bible says, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. So the objective of this false prophet is to keep this man from hearing the word of God and being saved. What strong language, what a, what a damning indictment against false prophets. They're not your friend. They don't seek your welfare. I don't care how they package their error, whether it is, I'm trying to make you happy. I want you to have your best life. I want you to be blessed and highly favored. I want you to be prosperous. I want you, um, to, uh, to, to enjoy yourself. I don't care how they spin their sin. They are not seeking to bless you. They are looking to absolutely destroy your life by keeping you from hearing the gospel. They don't want you set free. They want you in their bondage. They want you a slave to them to make merchandise of you. So this man, this sorcerer, stands up trying to keep this deputy, Sergius Paulus, from being born again. Verse 9, then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost. There's the Holy Spirit again. They were, they, 
The Holy Ghost spoke, the Holy Ghost separated, the Holy Ghost sent, and now the Holy Ghost is going to empower the Apostle Paul. He is filled with the Holy Ghost. He sets his eyes on him. Paul is not bashful. Paul is bold. Paul is not compromising. Paul has conviction. He looks that sorcerer in his God-given eyeball, lays his finger on his snout, and said, Oh, full of all subtility and mischief. Even by saying all subtility, he's, he's, he's yoking them up with the devil who is subtle in Genesis 3. All full of all subtility and all mischief, thou child of the devil. See, right there. Thou enemy of all righteousness. What a strong rebuke. Wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? That's how you handle a false prophet, by the way. You don't handle a false prophet uh, uh, by uh, passing around the, uh, the friendship stick and singing kumbaya. You don't, you, don't, you don't pacify a false prophet. You rebuke a false prophet. You don't give place to a false prophet. You label them, mark them, and then avoid them. And Paul is calling it out just as it is. You say, well, I don't think that's the right spirit. Well, your Bible ignorance is, is hanging out. Tug it back in. Hey, listen, you and I need to call these things out. Clearly, concisely, and convincingly, call it out. All right? He says, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And that's what they do. False prophets don't have original messaging. They take the truth and twist it. They take the Bible and they pervert it. They, they, they sprinkle in error uh, into these bits of truth that they, 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 they proclaim to preach. And that's what they do. They pervert the right ways of the Lord. Verse 11, and now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee. And thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately God judges this man, and immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness. And he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord, the power of God at work. He saw it, he believed. Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. So Paul's first missionary event, if you will, was an amazing event where a false prophet's rebuked and judged and a political leader gets saved. We'll pick up in this story next Bible study. Until then, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.